joined by two wonderful gentlemen this evening, Mr. Villem in Tulsa. How are you? Good. How are you, Brian? I'm doing dandy. And I'm also joined by Derek in California. Derek, how are you doing? Exceptional. Exceptional. Uh, <laughs> excellent. I, I say good evening, but it's still fucking clearly daylight out there. So and enjoy that two-hour time difference it's nice but i uh, am inside so well it's fine it's fine (laughs) i mean it's not like i'm fucking broadcasting from frank's patio tonight you know what i mean right yeah (laughs) (laughs) what'd you say i'm sorry it cut out for a second oh i said i was just Telling people uh, Frank's building a patio and it's uh, turning out to be a doozy. Yeah, imagine that. Frank underestimated the amount of work, time, and effort that it would go into a project. Yeah. If it's like work involved, he's dead ass accurate. If it involves him physically doing something or worse, other people helping him do something. Yep. It's like, eh, did I underestimated this task of uh, building this house in Guatemala abroad? I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be this much effort. I thought we'd just show up and just put some paint on this thing and move on. Damn. Uh, we, all, all, all the luck in the world to Frank and his new patio extension because that's literally back-breaking work. <laughs> just leveling fucking land in yeah, Central Texas. Yeah, on him a skid steer. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what sort of injuries he develops from this. Because you remember what happened last time he brought in some heavy machinery into his backyard, right? Yeah. He, yeah, well, you got to be careful. I mean, geez, the skid steer here, that's serious business. Right? <laughs> well, he almost broke a rib with a fucking aerator. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, this thing was beefy, though. Like, <laughs> this was a big piece of equipment that was like, I mean, he looked like a child pushing a lawnmower behind this... <laughs> This big old, it, it was more, it wasn't funny that he got the injury. It was funny that he had such a big aerator for <laughs> his, the size of his yard. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I, you, it was just, that was really what the, you know, why it was so funny. I think, it, yeah, it might have been overkill, but I wouldn't expect any less from Frank. Uh, Derek, he was pushing this thing. It was a, a self-propelled aerator. Uh, oh, so, gosh. you know, it's just got these big ass spikes that just fucking slam into the ground and like wheels that drive it. Well, it's also got a clutch, like a hand clutch on it. Like yeah. self-propelled heavy machinery does. And it's a big motor. It's a huge motor. Oh, yeah, like, it's got to drive these like 10 inch spikes into the fucking ground. So it's got to have some oomph behind it. But, okay, let's paint a picture for a second here. Uh, okay, if you take one of those, like, uh, do you, have you ever seen the big heavy drum leveling sort of things that you push? I think you're talking uh, about like a little mini steamroller? Yeah, 
have you seen those? It's yeah. like a hand propelled steam. So there's steam in it. It's just a roller, right? Uh, take those and blow it up maybe like twice of that size. And then it's a steel drum. And then it, the drum has spikes sticking out. Now, like in front of that, for some reason, for some reason, we're putting that close to the person. <laughs> and then putting the motor on the far side of that. It's got to wait. It's <laughs> and it's just like a big old honking motor all the way in the front. And, uh, and yeah, it's got this huge clutch that you have to work. Like it's, I think it's geared, right? Like yeah. <laughs> put it in the gear. It's insane. It's well, honestly, this thing is a death machine. And you can see where this is going when you get like Frank's yard, not very big. So by the time it gets up to speed, he's got to stop it. <laughs> exactly. Turn it exactly. around. So and he, that's where the rib comes in, honestly. Yeah, he turns it outside of his gate, and he's like trying to work in a confined space between the gate and this giant ass contraption. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying to work it, trying to get it going, and it lets off the clutch just for a second. And the thing like kicks back, and just the handle hits him right in the ribs. It oh, looks no. so fucking painful and hilarious at the same time. Yeah. And, and the only you reason we have that is because y'all's dad recorded it which means he thought it was ridiculous enough where he had to go out and capture this moment for all to see i'm trying to pull that video too that i'm referring to when i say it makes him look like a child it does i'm trying to look back on instagram i know i posted it with uh, a post malone uh song yeah 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 Uh, I'll, hopefully you can. More of that content. Hopefully I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get, I can find it and I'll repost at No Beer Left Cast over on Instagram. Um, Brian, we should post more quarantine content from all the folks. Like, have everyone send you things. Villem, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd rather you not send me anything. I'm posting enough stuff on my own at my work during this. These, these uncertain mm-hmm. times oh, okay. have been very. So different. you don't want to do more work? No, I'd rather work. not do. As a matter of fact, that's why I was going to apologize for not doing more things on our Instagram at Nobody Left Cast. Wow. Go check us out over there. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I even bought camera equipment to do more um, Nobody Left Behind video things, uh, beer yeah. reviews and style comparisons in particular. And, um, and then COVID. No, no, no. I bought them during these uncertain times. And uh, that's all I refer to to this quarantine time period. Uncertain times, uh, unprecedented times, you name it. That's what I refer to it as. Anyway, uh, no, I bought them at the beginning of the, all this because I was like, cool, I'm going to be home. I want to make sure I have some good equipment here. I can fucking knock out content. It'll be great. And then I was like, fuck all of that. Fuck it all. I'm not doing any of that shit. So, like, I haven't. I, I, you know what I have done? I've taken photos of of the beers that I've consumed. Not mm-hmm. all of them. Like if I buy a six pack, I'm not taking fucking six photos. I'm not a psychopath, but um, because that is Brian that is that is crazy, right? Like to take a photo of six different beer, six of the same beers that you had. That's that's crazy talk. But I have taken twelve hundred photos. <laughs> I've got twelve hundred photos. <laughs> And those do date back to like <laughs> December time frame. Uh, that's, a, that's a lot of beer. They're not 1,200 different beers, mm-hmm. Derek. I'm glad you brought that up. They are multiple okay. angles of the Holy same shit. beer, but 1,200 okay. photos Fair. and videos. Uh, what would you say you're taking on average of each beer? About four to five each beer. Because four I take... Five, I take uh, yeah, with the, there was one. 300, that I, 200 to 300. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not far off. 
There's a few <laughs> that I took like eight to ten because I like I'd be drunk and be like, yeah, I'm getting into this one right now. I'm just gonna take a couple close-ups. I'm gonna put I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna put my telephoto lens on and stand back out in the hallway and really just zoom in and get a different depth of field. And I was like, I'm gonna put my toy toy lens on. I'm gonna get those like real blurry ah, backgrounds. And then there's other times that I would also be intoxicated and decide I'm gonna shoot video of beer. And I'll get my tripod out and I'll put it in fucking sixty frames per second. I'll get it framed up, and then I'll shoot like a Guinness pour. So you see the cascading head and everything. Like a hard pour sort of thing from the can. Derek, the... don't you dare. Don't you dare call that a hard pour. You <laughs> son of a Derek. bitch. <laughs> Bringing it back, baby. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You know, it's funny. I have I have, you know, those uh like cat bottle cap. United States of America, state of Texas, fucking things up on my wall above my desk. And I was deflecting from doing work the other day and I was staring at that. And I was like, cool. <sighs> New Belgium, Breckenridge, left hand. And it literally on left hand's bottle cap, which is like dead center in this map that I'm looking at, it says, keep cold, pour hard. I'm like, you motherfuckers, you <laughs> sons of bitches. They're trolling me. They're trolling me right now. Anyway, anyway, guys, I'm sorry, I've I've uh, I've veered off into the wild and wonderful world of Brian's brain. Uh, what are y'all drinking tonight, Willem? Are you drinking anything fun and exciting at the moment? Yes, I'm drinking that uh, Welltown beer that I sent you pictures of and had you post. <laughs> well, okay, pull back the curtain. You couldn't just say like that Welltown beer that we posted <laughs> on Instagram stories tonight at nobody. <laughs> I love a good pull back the curtain moment. I got to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the what is it? Caribbean Island con- Stout or something? A cognac barrel aged tropical stout. Yes. Which Derek? Uh, beer nerd alert! Beer nerd alert! Beer nerd alert! <laughs> yeah. Because that is not a style that most people brew. Oh, uh, okay. The, the tropical cool. stout. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a. Yeah, it's. How was it? It's quite good. Um, it so first of all, it was small. It was like limited batch because they only have so many uh, of the barrels. And they only have so much space to keep barrels. So like, well, that and it's a cognac barrel, which is very yeah. It's kind of rare. Yep. Yeah. So they um, they we they released it at noon on Thursday. I want to say. Uh, and we got bottle 113 of 143 or something like that. Oh, and we were there at like 12.15 or something. And they released it at noon. Wow. So like they tore through it. We tried to decide if we should age it or just drink it straight up. And I don't really know how we landed on it. We just decided was, we were just going to drink it. Sat down, did a very intentional little... Uh, took down some notes about what this is like a joint thing, like me and my wife, because okay. I'm I'm not good at picking up on all the stuff. She's pretty good at it. I was gonna say you're talking you're talking we like you got a mouse in your pocket. Well, it's me. I, I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's weird. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good. She's just she has a um, she just tastes a lot more. Like I I feel like uh, she's way closer to you, Brian. On like tasting beer and stuff like that than, uh, than I am. Fun fact, uh, women typically are way better at tasting 
nuanced flavors, regardless really? of what most like, regardless of like a, a an AB comparison, females typically pick up more more flavors and more accurate more accurately than male tasters. Oh, that's so like yeah. I'm jealous of anyone who can like taste a lot of stuff. Like I have pretty good taste, but not not very sensitive. Yeah. So what'd you pick um, up? Okay, so for aroma, I thought it smelled kind of like a wine cellar, if you guys can imagine that, um, like with all the barrels around and stuff, uh, or like... Um, like woody and uh, musky? Yeah, I was going to say wet and woody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of dry or like oaky, I don't know. Okay. Um, fruity, spicy, slightly toasted simultaneously somehow is what my wife wanted me to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All of those make sense, though. Fruity, spicy, slightly toasty. Um, the mouthfeel is sharp in like a nice way. Light carbonation. Uh, it's robust, fruity, lightly sour. Uh, and it has the presence of a brown liquor without the afterburn. And it kind of reminds you of like an old school prairie beer. Like mm. some of their really nice barrel-aged beers that they you, you kind of broke up there some of their nice old, older barrel age beers what now yeah but like uh tw- 2015 or earlier prairie beers before they i don't know they, they don't i don't feel like they make as good a beer anymore i don't know when it really happened but okay that's when i remember they were like pretty dang on it okay um so what is the abv of that beer uh it's like 8.4 okay it's pretty restrained. It's pretty restrained for a barrel aged beer. Yeah, um, I don't think it was like extremely long. Yeah, I was gonna say. Also, cognac is really overpowering. Uh, the only like I've only had one cognac barrel aged beer, and it just tasted like cognac. Like that's all it tasted like. I mean, you can definitely tell there's there's cognac flavor here, but I wouldn't say it's overpowering. Like I, I can taste a lot of elements of the beer and the grain and all that in there. That's good. Um, but yeah, it does have a woodiness to it. That's almost like, like, uh, fre- not, not that smoked wood, but like almost like fresh, fresh wood, not fresh wood, but just sounds tasty. You know what I mean? I, yeah. You know, you know, when piney. you're in the mood for some fresh wood, you just throw that fresh, lightly piney, I guess. Lightly I don't know what, what the right adjective Well, is. it's interesting. So tropical stouts are t- like classified that way because they are a little fruitier. They're a little more, a little more like overtly hopped. Um, obviously with some old, yeah. old like European hops, uh, typically like, uh, English hops, but they're like yeah. upped in the, in the hop factor. And uh, they're usually a little yeah, higher yeah. in alcohol as well. Seven and a half, I think is what Guinness foreign or like foreign extra stout is. And that is, or they're, they have a foreign extra stout and they have a tropical stout, but both of them have about the same ABV. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like a 12 percenter like you would get out of Prairie or uh, some of the other American breweries. So I'm glad that Welltown, like, sounds like they might have done this, done, the, done their numbers right and uh, created a beer within, yeah. within range to a style naming. I am a, a, a stickler for that. If you're going to call something something, better make it taste like something. Uh, yeah, I would say they nailed it. So that's I awesome. Mean, and the fact that they got a hold of some cognac barrels and did something with them. Bravo. Yeah. I, okay, honestly, I just saw they were releasing a, a limited number of barrel-aged 
beers. This is their first barrel-aged beer, too. Really? I believe. Yeah. So Welltown um, still does all their stuff clean. Um, they they do, like, stainless fermentation. The, I think so, yeah. There's one brewery up there that does all open fermentation, correct? I don't know if it's all, but uh, American Solera and... Wait, uh, you're probably talking about Heirloom. I think yes. they may do all. Heirloom, the Rustic Ales place? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they are all open fermentation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, American Solera does a few things. Uh, like they do their cool ship. They're in the middle of their room, their cool ship room. Uh, but Heirloom is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. So these people um, are they're stepping out, uh, uh, stepping out a little bit. Good for Welltown. I know you're. Yeah. You always talk really highly of them. So uh, they're ones that I want to go give a shot whenever I'm in Tulsa next. Well, and they're also just like really nice individuals, so I always just try to. But I mean, they do genuinely like they got a great tap room. The beer is always solid. I, like, I've never had anything at Welltown that I felt like I didn't get my money's worth. That's awesome. That and is, that's you, it's hard to say that about a lot of places, honestly. Uh, you think? I mean, you know, we've we've run down a few places here and there. I think the last episode. <laughs> I fucking lost some friends up in Sherman. I don't give a shit, but anyway. Well, awesome. I'm glad you got to experience that and got to go out, see see a little bit of the world and uh yeah. enjoy some beers that you have you may not have had for a while. That's who you went to to get your like case uh that you bought that mixed case a few weeks ago, right? Was it Welltown or yes. was it okay. Yep, yeah, that was Welltown. Try to support them as much as I can without drinking way too much beer. I don't um, think that's physically a thing. And without, also, without uh, just only drinking Welltown, because that would be a little bit ridiculous, in my opinion. <laughs> I uh, know. I'm going to retract the first barrel-aged stout. I don't know that I saw that anywhere. I may have just made that up. You know what? I'm fine with that. At least you admit that, and you don't double down. I like it. You know? <laughs> yeah, and if, least, it, if it ends up being that way, at least... It's on record, I, though. I, I, I no, I don't know. <laughs> Villem's, We're gonna have some back checking. <laughs> Villem's approach to truth on podcasting is 180 degrees from your brother's uh, approach to truth on podcasting. It's hilarious. He's like, "I'm right 100 percent of the time." What about this? Yeah, I was still kind of right. You didn't. It's but you what you said was not right. You're like, "Nah, the first part was." Moving on, and then I'm like, "Well, okay, all right, I guess." So uh, I'm glad you enjoyed that, and uh, go well, Tom. Sweet. Yeah. Give him a shot. Yeah. Uh, Derek, I I, na- I just want to humble brag. I nailed what beer you were drinking before we started the cast. So I mean, pat my, I'm patting myself on the back while you tell the the rest of the people what you're drinking. Yeah, he only saw the the label. Hey, a portion, <laughs> a portion of the label, <laughs> and it wasn't the part with the logo on it. So, boom. Well. I'm drinking something, something sort of trop, tropical, foreign. It's a sing, Singha or Sing. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is. I fucking knew I mispronounced that before the cast started. Well, it's it, the spelling is Singha, but when, when you're in Thailand, you can just say Sing. <laughs> when in Rome, say Sing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they won't know what you're, what you're talking about if you say Singha. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke here get it and then you just can you sh- can i see the bottle Derek? 
Did it have like a gold lion or something like that? Tiger. Oh, uh, that's cool. cool. Wait, where is it from? Oh, Thailand. Thailand. Cool. Oh, uh, and that's just a just a, a euro lager that they make in in Thailand. Yeah, it's pretty much the the standard thing. Five percent. Five percent. A little bit of adjuncts. Uh, yeah, there's probably a bit of rice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was gonna say adjuncts. I'm leaving that open because God only knows. Like, I mean, you can throw anything in to make beer go a little further. Right. That's that's production for you, man. But it's good as fuck when it's hot. It's good. Refreshing. As, it's so good. Like I, I got into uh, a deep discussion about Sapporo. I have never been a fan of Sapporo until I found Sapporo in those like nineteen ounce cans, those yep. big those big cans or whatever. And I was like, oh, this looks like a gimmick. Looks fun. But I bought one or two at Total Wine, chilled them down, opened one up after mowing the lawn. I was like, I fucking get it. I get it. I fucking get it. This is amazing. Like, it's this is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to have them like like ice cold. Oh yeah, I mean it was like frost on the can cold. It was yeah. so fucking good though. Oh man, I I wish more people would like enjoy beer the way it's like meant to be enjoyed rather than fucking pour it into a glass, let it get up to room temperature. I'm like, mm, I'm not picking up the right flavors here. Yeah, mm. <laughs> tastes like malt syrup. It is malt syrup, asshole. Like yeah, of course it's high fructose corn syrup. Like. <laughs> Why the fuck do you think you bought it for a dollar sixty a can? Like Jesus. In in Thailand, they actually put ice. It's ice with beer. So fuck it. But it makes sense because it's so hot. Yeah. And still, fuck it. Like if it takes it from five and a half percent down to four point seven percent, eat shit. Like that. <laughs> dilute it down. I don't care. It's not like taking bourbon and dropping eighteen ice cubes in it and being like, "Nah, I'm drinking whiskey like a man." <laughs> like, no, you're not drinking fucking water with whiskey flavoring in it. <laughs> but I okay, hold on. I do put like a, a cube in my. Whiskey. A cube is not a glass full of ice with a shot of whiskey wow. poured over it. And being like, yeah, I'm gonna let it. Do people down. drink that? I don't know. I'm assuming people, but people <laughs> fucking voted for Donald Trump. People drink whiskey that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I've seen like the giant ball of ice in the glass. So. Now those are a little. Di- I, I'm, I'm a fan of those. I make my own. Have I told you guys about my own, like my homemade ice that I make? Uh, I, I do that too. I like. Yeah, I, I bought a. I bought a cooler. Uh, like a little like six pack oh, yeah. like lunchbox cooler or whatever that's hard sided, and you just pour like filtered water in it, and you fill it about halfway full. You throw it in the freezer for about I think it's twelve eighteen hours something like that, and you take it out of the cooler and you take a bread knife, and you just cut ice cubes. Take bread knife and a little hammer. You start cutting like score an edge in uh, the 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 block of ice, and then just tap it with the back of the hammer and it cleaves right down. And you just make square ice, but it's clean. Doesn't have any bubbles. Doesn't have any like frosting, frosted things in there. It looks nice. And to your point, Derek, because it's large in a single cube, it doesn't have as much surface area in contact with a liquid that's trying to dilute it down. So you get the benefit of adding a little bit of water slower to your whiskey or distilled beverage, and it cools it down so it's a little more refreshing. 
So next thing you know, you've drank a handle of Evan Williams by yourself <laughs> out on the back porch, and you've gone through all of your homemade ice cubes, and you wonder where your fucking pants are, and also why the sun's coming up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it leads to a lot of questions when you do it that way. No. Have you have you guys ever tried any of those like like spherical ice cube contraptions? I mean, I've had it at a bar. Yeah, well, I haven't bought it. Have you tried to make it at home? All I've done is uh, <laughs> we have like a silicone mold that makes them. Uh-huh. Does it work? It works. I mean, it doesn't make them clear and smooth like you get them at the restaurant, but I like they serve the purpose of limited surface area for a large volume of, you know, like that. They still do that. So. Right. Eh, you can't complain about that then. Right. I bought... I thought I was buying a set of uh, like four four uh, spheres, uh, like silicone mold. I was like, "Oh, cool! It doesn't give you any fuck." First off, there's no instructions with this thing, so you just kind of wing it. I'm like, "I guess this is how you're supposed to use this." So, <laughs> you're just like you're on your own. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like, listen, fucking idiot! If you can't figure this out, you don't deserve sphere ice. Like. <laughs> All right, I'll take that weird flex however right. I'm supposed to. What I did not realize was that in the Amazon order that I uh, placed, it came with a set of four silicone, like uh, a set of uh, four spheres, and also a set of four skulls. <laughs> uh-huh. So you could potentially, and it's like a little silicone mold thing, so you could reuse it over and over again. So you could potentially... Have a fucking crystal skull in your whiskey and drink that. Fucking sick. (laughs) I've had these things for over two years, and I've never had a skull that came out looking like a fucking skull. It's always got this, like, big, like, caved-in back-of-the-head situation going on because that never freezes for some reason. Uh, The the, the jawline, you can tell that, like, I guess it's like a mandible thing. And then beyond that, like, there's no facial features that are recognizable. It's just all foobar. Yeah. Yeah. If it had come with instructions, the instructions would have just said, like, fuck it, try this. I don't know. And (laughs) it's probably not going to be like a skull anyway. It's going to be... Yeah, I like a lot. Do what? Oh, shit, I'm sorry. I might internet up hard. (laughs) (laughs) Now my internet cut up. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, it was... uh, Yeah, no. So, well, uh, yeah, the sphere ice, I'm down with it. Derek, stop hating on it. I know you're hating with your words. Okay. <laughs> Us home icers. Enjoy, enjoy your drink how you like it. <laughs> he's he's shaking his head in disapproval, and he's closing his eyes. He's grimacing. He doesn't mean what he's saying, folks. You can't see him at home, but he's calling you stupid. Anyway, <laughs> that's my thing. Uh, uh, I do appreciate the the making of the ice. That's cool. I do. I would it, want to try it like that. It's so, and it's easy to do too. And like, once yeah. you hear one person explain it, I'm not going to because I'm fucking dumb. But once you hear one person explain like why it, it freezes clear, you're like, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> and then, okay. And then, like, once you make it a couple times, like I made it like four or five times in a row, like four or five within a week, I made it. And I was like, I just had fucking ice forever. I was like, this is great. Just put them in Ziploc bags after you cut them up and then you're fine. And then once I made them that time, I made them one other time and I was like, this is kind of a pain in the ass because everything gets wet. I'm going to be honest with you. Everything gets fucking wet. 
because one of the purposes of putting the ice, uh, putting the water in a in an ice chest, is that the top layer doesn't fucking freeze. Like the outside freezes, there's liquid underneath it, and then there's clean, clear ice down below that. Well, to get it out, you have to. I mean, gravity. Turn it upside down. Well, fucking water just runs everywhere. They didn't tell me that in my the video, the how to that I watched. They do that part outside. Yeah, or over a sink, which I learned after batch one. Yeah, uh, yeah no, because outside, then everything melts really quick, and you're working on a fucking on this impossible timeline that you will never hit. Mother Nature will win every time when it comes to melting ice. Anyway, it's a whole thing. I haven't made ice in over a year, but when I did, it was fucking awesome. I cleaned up my liquor cabinet the other day, and I found uh, back when I was doing clear the cabinet, which Villain participated in. Thank you very much, Villain, for your whiskey yeah, contributions. Yeah, pleasure. It's a great whiskey too. <laughs> um, I was cleaning up my liquor cabinet. I found my stupid ice making ice chest. And I was like, I gotta get this shit out of the way. Move this out of the way. It's taking up space. And I was like, oh, maybe I should make some ice again. And then I picked up a whiskey and started drinking that instead. And I was like, yeah, this is fine. What <laughs> a good move. <laughs> um, real quick, I'm gonna thirty minutes in. I'm gonna cover what I was. I'm drinking tonight. I'm drinking a Victory I'm Brewing out of Pennsylvania. I'm drinking Sour Monkey, which is their Brett Triple that they make, which is fucking good. I'm, I'm a fan of Victory. I I am too. Uh, one of my fondest memories of drinking Victory, Derek, was oh we lost Villem. Maybe he'll be back. Uh, one of my fondest memories of drinking Victory was at your place in Bishop Arts, and we went to Bishop Arts Bottle Shop there, and I think that was that's the name of it, or so, so something like that. Yeah, Bishop Arts Craft or some sh- I don't know, fucking anyway. Uh, they had a Victory tasting there one night when we walked there. And that's where I tried Headwater Pills for the first time. And I was like, ah, fucking Pilsner. It's going to suck. Because I was like, I don't know, eight months into craft beer drinking. And I was like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. (laughs) So I bought my first victory beer there that night. And uh, and I don't don't have a reason why I don't drink more victory. There's no reason. Isn't it funny when you first start like drinking crap beer, beer, um, you kind of get a negative connotation for loggers. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, because all the, most of the craft loggers that you start drinking early on are pretty shit for the most part. Do you remember, (laughs) I'm going to throw out uh, one brewery and one beer and you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Deep Ellum, Rye Pills. (laughs) You remember that? Remember that night? That was the first brewery I ever visited. Uh, and it was with Derek. And I remember we had three drinks. And I think I think I left at least one token behind. I was like, I'm good. I don't need my third beer. I'm perfectly fine. I can't remember if you did as well. But I, I, I do remember getting rye pills because I was a big fan of rye malt. Still am. And thinking, like, oh, this beer's going to be sick. And I had it, I was like, this beer tastes like shit. And I feel like these guys are going to be gone by tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be there. They are terrible. Newsflash, they're still here. I still I was going to say, they're still around, right? I, as a matter of fact, they got bought by Oscar Blues and Candemonium or Canarchy, whatever the fuck their like, 
fucking conglomerate is called. But I stand by my review of their beers, which is no, no, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Like I, I heard people. I've had people argue with me about Dream Crusher, which is their like seasonal double IPA. Kick rocks. Get out of here. Uh, Dallas Blonde. Oh, it's my go-to beer. Go-to beer sucks. And then there are people talk about Deep Ellum IPA, which I'm like, cool. If you want a science experiment in a can, pick it up. Because God only knows what's going to come out on the other side. I've never had two cans of Deep Ellum IPA that have tasted the same. And I stand by my convictions that they fucking should have closed goddamn eight years ago. But they're funky beers, they're wild beers, and they're barrel-aged beers. 60% of the time they're good, honestly. 60 they Derek, you'll be fucking floored by this statement here. Okay, you're you're familiar with Deep Ellum and the quality of Deep Ellum products, correct? Right. They opened a place in Fort Worth, in like the uh, hip part of Fort Worth, called the Funkatorium, where they only make wild beers, barrel aged beers, and oh, I, I spirits. At some point, I think they're going to start making over there, distilling things. The Funkatorium, okay. Derek. <laughs> the Funkatorium. I, 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 I've, the beer world is a small place, and I understand that a lot of good people have actually come out of like working in that uh, for that brewery. Like a lot of great brewers in the DFW beer scene, I'm sure brewers from other places have yeah. come and gone through those doors. That's it. That's all I have to say is that statement. I'm not, there's no follow-up to that. There's no like gleaming light at the end of it. Just simply stating facts. That's it. I, Tra- uh, training ground. It is. And you know what? Maybe if that's, if that's their like claim to fame, like, sure. All right. Cool. Wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you for your service. Um, <laughs> just... I make a fucking whatever. Rye pills bum me out, and it's still like that left a bad taste in my mouth. Now, seven years later, over seven years. Anyway, enough about me. Enough about you. No, that was me. back in the day when you could actually go to like a, um, like a beer open house and pay five dollars and get three glasses of beer. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Well, that was that was technically before <coughs> breweries could sell beer directly from their tap room in Texas. So oh they would God, get around archaic times. <laughs> fucking three years ago, that was still happening. <laughs> uh, but like, what they would, how they would get around is they would sell you a souvenir glass for five dollars, and with that purchase, you could have it filled with three beers. And which everybody was like, brewers are losing money hand over fist. Maybe, but. They seem to fucking do it every weekend. So if they were losing money, they wouldn't fucking do it every weekend. Right? Like, I'm following that math correctly. Uh, And also, it was an excellent... Because breweries were starting to expand, like, they were beginning to have more and more breweries, it was a great way to go sample their product in a, in a, like a, like a, a perfect environment that the brewery set up. I mean, if I'm, if I'm unclear, let me explain it this way. As a brewer, I would much rather have people come to me in my space and drink fresh product in the way it's supposed to be or the way I want it served rather than go to a fucking growler bar or a, a, a dive bar and have somebody pour some like sports bar pours where they're just filling it to the edge of the glass and be like, here you go. 
It's at fucking 37 degrees along with a Coors Light. Enjoy your cold-ass IPA. Mm, pick up the flavors and aromas. Like, I, I would much rather have that control. And you know what? Spoiler alert, motherfuckers. If it didn't work in 2013, we wouldn't have like 60-something breweries in DFW right now. So something fucking clicked. I don't know. Rant over. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Plus, they were a lot of fun. Like, <clears throat> giant Jenga everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, that, that was at, like, every brewery. Dude, and I had, think, like, music and stuff. I think breweries kept Lowe's open for a little while. I don't know if that <laughs> fact is checkable or not, but two by four. just two <laughs> by four sales alone skyrocketed in 2013 through 2017. How do you guys feel about Giant Jenga now? Like, when a place has Giant Jenga, how, what is that, like, truly, what's your first instinctual, like, instinctive response? I hope they had those sanded so I don't get splinters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My initial reaction play. is always, I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> it's like, fuck. Uh, one, I never am the one playing it. Okay. And two, someone is always playing it. <laughs> And my back is always to it. And I fucking always jump when that whole thing comes crashing down. And sometimes it's like really heavy. I'm like, you're really that bad at Jenga. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. How have you gotten this far and are this bad at this, at this sport? Do you think you do? Oh, villain, you broke you up. You're good. Shaking shot, everybody. Okay. I broke up. Yeah, you broke up. We heard how How are you? Fucking internet. Now, I said uh, you'd think you'd, think you'd want to play giant Jenga if you were actually good at Jenga. You know? Oh, no. The giant makes it open for everyone to play, right? More accessible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have poor motor skills, so I can play giant Jenga. <laughs> no, you just need, like... Maybe that's what, you know, I think that that might be what it is. Like, they did it at bars and breweries because people, they oh, knew they were Lord. getting drunk. And they're like, we need fine motor skills deteriorate <laughs> first, okay? So little tiny regular Jenga, people yeah. are going to lose all the time. They're going to be picking up little pieces all over the place. Let's you know what we do? Make them bigger. Make them hurt more whenever they <laughs> fall. And, uh, oh, also, definitely put people all around them. Now, if you could do one thing for me, could you put that giant Jenga on an old wire spool? Yeah. Okay, do that, because we don't want to put it on a table or put it on the floor. Put it on an old rickety wire spool. That way it rocks just enough, okay? <laughs> Fucking giant Jenga. Giant Jenga and picnic tables have driven me away from more breweries than bad beer okay honestly. cool right so that's ba that's like almost entirely what i'm talking about like if you want to keep if you want to one make good beer okay one first things first second get rid of every fucking picnic table that you think you're going to need inside a building go fuck your picnic tables fuck them right in the asshole okay i you cannot serve me enough beer to make me sit at a picnic table for more than 30 minutes maybe okay I but they're really easy to just like crank out, and they're super cheap. So, so are bar stools. Like I don't um, understand. Like, you, like now a bar stool. You could look. I can with the same amount of effort, less refined work, can do two picnic tables probably for like a bar stool. I'm fine with that. Put in that extra labor to keep my ass there at your business, slamming <laughs> down beers. I mean, honestly, like. The reason that like a picnic table in like Munich beer halls work is because that is the most efficient way to seat that many people. 
we aren't going for efficiency on a fucking <laughs> Saturday afternoon when they're having a chili cook-off. Fuck okay, you. Okay, but some of those breweries in Texas get do get filled up quite a bit. Then go to one of the other fucking 63. That's what I say. Like, it's <laughs> rare that you find a brewery that you're just like, really want to go there. They're fucking yeah. at capacity. Said no one ever. I've never seen a brewery <laughs> be like, guys, I'm sorry, we're going to start a line. You can't even can't even buy a beer to sit down. You're, just, you're gonna have to go down the block. I know that there's like eight different pizza restaurants on this road. Don't go to those. We they serve that, they serve our beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they serve our beer. I mean, yeah, patronize them. Hi, he's looking. Okay, but no, no, no. Get on this side of the street, okay, and line up, and then one in, one out. That's what we're doing today. No, it's never fucking happened. I've never been. Well, I've never been to a brewery where that's the case. Now, bottle like bottle. Uh, purchases like you went to today, Villem, and I've gone to at Rough Tail. Uh, like I had to stand in line for that shit, but I also had a separate line for. Hey, do you want to come in and sit down and drink? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. There's no line for that. You can come on in, sit down. And that so was at, sorry, God. I was gonna say, and that was at Rough Tail's old tap room where they had like six and a half seats. Yeah, there was always room to sit down in there. Did they have a bunch of picnic tables? No. No, they didn't, which is why I patronize them as much as I can. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure their new place has nothing but fucking picnic tables, and they're just like cringing and yelling at their at their phones right now as they're listening. You're what, what's Miller. Your, what's your opinion of the original craft beer? Oh, that's the champagne of beers right there, my friend. That is Miller highlight. <laughs> what do you guys think? I, you know what? And best yet, I got it out of the fridge before we started, so at this point, it's nice and like. Super wet on the outside, you know, a bunch of condensation, room tempish, just a slightly colder. It's really when it's at its drinks at its best. As as champagne should be enjoyed. Yeah. As 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 the Don Don Pellegrino who made uh, who's the founder of Miller High Life. Uh, you really want this beer as close to freezing as you can get it while it still remains liquid. Uh, Derek, what do you think about High Life? Huh? Uh, Have you ever? I just think of, of Rick Williams when I think of High Life. <laughs> R.I.P. He Rick. loved that stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I I'm in a, u- a unique position where I come across beer that is like unwanted. Okay, sometimes, and when I say unwanted, like people change out like barback displays um, of beer and like everything. I came across, I, I came in contact, I came in with an ownership of a bottle of Miller High Life that was eight years old. And when I say eight years old, I mean eight years past the, oh my past fuck, the like Best Buy date. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. You tried it, right? The Best Buy is God on damn this. right. I did, Derek. You, <laughs> you know did? what's up. Fuck Yeah. <laughs> Okay. What can go? Okay. What? What? What's the? What are some risks you run by doing that? Nothing. Nothing. Tastes bad. Yeah, it tastes bad. Yeah, it's more <laughs> oh, of a really? punishment for your taste buds than anything else. I'll I'll say okay. this and then I'll cover something else. Okay. So Miller High Life is the quintessential science experiment in a bottle. Okay. <laughs> Miller High Life and Miller Genuine Draft are specifically brewed to be packaged in clear bottles. They use what's called a tetra hop, which is a hop extract or hop oil extract that does not skunk. So, you know, Corona is in a clear bottle. You open it up and it smells like dank, dank weed or it just smells like a fucking skunk's butthole. 
uh, when it's been out for out in the sunlight for like 34 and a half seconds, it's already skunked. Miller High Life and Miller Genuine Draft don't do that because of the hops they use. They also use high fructose corn syrup, which ooh is in everything that's good, really honestly. So you can't can't fault it for well, that. But it's got high fructose. Brian, it's not the hops. It's they they, they do a treatment. Oh no, yeah, it's not even a. It, it's a it's a uh, like proprietary oil that they use. Right. That, that, that's why I say it's a science experiment because nobody else uses it, and it was made specifically to survive in a clear bottle without without going without uh, uh, being light struck. But uh, everything else in that beer, the eight year old beer that I drank. Open, I got it cold. I got a new, a fresh six pack of Miller High Life. Decided I'm going to fucking do what I've always wanted to do. Open them both up, poured them into a glass because I'm tasting this. So I'm going to make sure I get some aromas going on here. One was slightly, and I mean slightly sweeter than the other. And it was the <laughs> eight year old beer that was slightly sweeter. And that's just from like the small amount of malt that is used in that beer. <laughs> And it was like, I could, that's how I identified malt shift. This malt shift is something that uh, over time, uh, even the slightest bit of oxidation can cause malt in beer, the, the malty sweetness in beer to really sweeten. It's slightly different than oxidation. Uh, so oxidation comes across as like wet cardboard or newspaper. Uh, it, when you taste it, you're like, oh, cool, British beer. Here in America, that's how you can pick up oxidation. Uh, but malt shift is something different <laughs> it's it's fucking wild anyway that's what i picked up in that eight-year-old high life i don't hate it honestly it's not bad it's crazy i mean that's pretty good on miller to brew a beer that lasts eight years past its due date and Is it? it should be it, that's a little frightening it should well that's why i say it's a science experiment like yeah. it, it should be noted that it's not just a beer that just set out in a box for eight years this beer was out on display with fluorescent light on it oh, almost Lord. every single day i had some other beers from that same display jesus uh, really Oh, yeah. Dude, I had a bottle of Austin Eastsider's Gold Top Cider, which was their original cider uh, that they used like some like farmhouse yeast to ferment. It okay. was fucking amazing when it came out, and they discontinued it because it was funky and weird, and no one liked to drink it, whatever. Fuck it, it was good. Uh, I had a bottle about three years after uh, it was okay. Best Buy. Still fucking fantastic. But it, better than original? Or? Eh, we're not going to say better than, but it was still really, really good. Okay. Uh, and then I had like uh, Line and Kugel's Sunset Wheat. It was garbage town. That beer was goddamn garbage town. But it was also eight years old. So like you know, you, I do I do those type of tastings just because I'm like ah, see what the hell happens here. Let's see what happens when you push shit to the absolute extreme. And you're like wow, that's that's the new bar for bad. <laughs> <laughs> Still would have chosen those beers over ripe hills. Anyway, I opened up tonight. <laughs> tonight, I opened up a beer, one of my favorite beers on the planet, uh, which is Blanche de Brussels, uh, wit beer uh, from Belgium. I opened up the can, and as I was pouring, I just saw chunks falling out of it. And I mean, like, it looked like fucking rocks were coming out of this can. So I poured it into my glass because I was going to take a picture of it because. I might have a picture problem. Anyway, as I was pouring, I saw the chunks coming out of it, 
and I, I fill my glass. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm not, I'm gonna decant as best I can here. I looked at the bottom of the can. Uh, it was, this can was about to have a birthday. So it was almost a year old. And there's just chunks of yeast coming out of it. The yeast that has fallen out of suspension is just falling out of this bottle, or this can. And I had a flashback to a fucking horrible moment in my life where I tried to drink a bunch of Monk's Wit Ale. Oh, no. Do you remember that beer, Derek? Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. It was old. Uh, it was free. Uh, but I remember drinking it and having... The next day, I was driving to Oklahoma to see my family, and I had to stop no less than four times to shit. Because the yeast that I ended up consuming that had fallen out of suspension was so concentrated that it fucked up my stomach for about a week. I mean, just fucked it up. Worse than the Dominican Republic fucked up my stomach. Oh, no. Which is bad. Wasn't... It was not It was not good. Uh, so, needless to say, I poured out my first beer in a long time tonight because I have things to do tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bummed out. Yeah. Oh fuck, Derek, are you drinking torpedo again? Yeah, I had one one torpedo left. Left, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I dude, I had I have my kegerator is full of ones. It's like I had one arrogant bastard. I had one fat tire. I had one uh, Blanche de Brussels. I had one Guinness left. They're all they're like, oh no, I want to. Ah, I save that for later. Like you drank eleven Guinness in like two days, and you you just couldn't drink the twelfth. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's the whole thing. Uh, I did have my last Guinness tonight while playing Guinness Pub Trivia with Geeks Who Drink. Nice. Okay, how was that? It was fun. You know what? Uh, usually I play on Tuesday nights with uh, Frank on the like big global uh, Geeks Who Drink stream on Twitch. I will say, <clears throat> the fuck is wrong with Twitch? <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Like, uh, So tonight's Geeks Who Drink was on Facebook Live because they partnered with Guinness. And they like did this deal where for every one viewer of the live stream, uh, Guinness would give a dollar to Team Rubicon, which is a charity that helps preserve wild nature something i don't know i don't know man i I try to support anything that guinness does so i just go with it don't ask questions anyway facebook live stream was so much fucking better than any twitch stream that i have participated in with geeks who drink it's fucking wild who who, who's the service provider or the stream provider it it I mean, I don't fucking know. It's a, it's a, it's a question. So about they me. probably paid to be able to use it, right? I mean, oh, I'm sure. Guin- oh, uh, that that's a good point. I'm sure Guinness sponsored it, so Guinness paid Buku's bucks for whatever clearance. Yeah, they probably they got like a consulting firm in and <laughs> over fucking processized everything. And it was a whole fucking experience. I guarantee you. They had Joel McHale <laughs> read questions. <laughs> Do what, Bill? I'm sorry. I said someone got fired. I don't know why, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the cost of business film. That is the cost oh, of business. <laughs> Timmy has been here for twelve years. Timmy's, Timmy's looking for a fucking job. Someone had to go. Someone had to go. I don't know. It was <laughs> it was written into this project, Veden. I just I'm I'm checking it off the list. Fire someone. I just check that off. It <laughs> secure. I, I will say they did like a power. It was a PowerPoint presentation for 
like answers tonight. It was wild. The only reason I know it was PowerPoint is because the transitions that they used were PowerPoint transitions. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody, geeks who drink. Up your fucking game. There's some people who use like uh, what is it uh, OBS to broadcast their live stream uh, when they do their their Twitch streams, and it's sick. Like I had a fleeting moment again early on in this uh, quarantine that we're in. I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna download OBS and figure out how to stream shit so we could do like a live a live podcast where we can like stream us talking about shit. That'd be sick. And then I opened it up. I was like, God, God damn it. It seems like a lot of work. This seems like exactly <laughs> what I would be doing if I was in a fucking studio, like uh, managing the goddamn panels. But I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this. I had to do this shit when I did live streams on like softball broadcasts on the internet. I'm not fucking doing this. I'm not getting paid for this shit. <laughs> got really <laughs> upset. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. I still have it on my computer. We could do it at any point in time. We can go live, motherfuckers. We can go live. I even created a fucking Twitch account. Got all that authenticated. We should. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> well, I mean, on whoever's end is running the thing, it's a lot of work. For everybody else, you just fucking show up and talk. It's no, there's no difference, right? But like, I don't know. I feel like if I can't fire somebody, like, what's the point of even doing something <laughs> large, right? Like at the end of it, if I can't fire Parker. I hire a really expensive consulting firm too. Well, I mean, I, we can. We've got the budget for it. All those listeners that are doing stuff and millions of quarters that they're donating. You know you know how the math works. It's, yeah. The maths add up, right? Fucking A. So uh, I'm sorry that we've, we've actually turned a beer podcast into uh, beer talk. I very, I, very, I very much apologize. Yeah. Um, I, know, I, I very much like the fact that our podcast doesn't say much of anything, especially in a time when everyone says something. Can I, Mrs. Brian and I, peel back this curtain, okay? Mrs. Brian and I have taken to reading every company's email as if it came from the Civil War battlefield. (laughs) Within my deepest regards, I hope this letter finds you well. In these unprecedented times, I want to make sure you know that the gentleman's place will be cutting hell soon. We've seen our brethren fall out in the fields of battle. Many places not able to open up, but our conservative views and our conservative actions have led us to protect our people and can protect you. We want to encourage you to stop by and have a drink on us. Let us cut your hair for a while. And hopefully, God willing, we'll see you again soon. (laughs) Best regards, a haircutting place in Frisco, Texas. Like, it's fucking stupid. The level, like... (laughs) Yeah, I get it, CarMax. You fucking want me to buy another car. That, there's no reason you should fucking change any of your email verbiage. Don't send me a fucking email to tell me, well, your Mitsubishi Lancer looks like it's about five years old. It's about time to trade that in. I'm going to go ahead and trade that in. It'll be good. We can get you another car. It'll be fine in these uncertain times. Look at the Stop it. Fucking quit. That's what it is. Like, I saw it fucking to quote the great Twitter. I miss when times were certain and I miss when times were precedented. That's what I miss. Like that should be the fucking, the mantra for everybody. Like, you know what? Don't tell me in these uncertain times, be like back when it was predictable 
that you would be buying something from us. Yeah, true that, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, we know that you're a loyal customer, so we're not going to bother you. We're just going to say, hope you're all right. <laughs> That's it. Full stop. Don't put a fucking link to a 2017 or a, a, a gently used 2017 Toyota Corolla with low miles. Fuck you. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Oh my gosh. No, that's rough, man. That's hard times. <laughs> like, we I got some hard times coming up, guys. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. And especially, it's going to be. It's currently hitting the fan, but. It hasn't fallen back down on the rest of us. Quite, yeah, it's not quite scattered about the room just yet. <laughs> <laughs> just say one long log that just coming out of a vent that was ill-placed above a ceiling fan. <laughs> I like how Willem's screen froze in the longest sip is what I, get, I just called it. Oh, damn it, as I was trying to screenshot it. It's fucking internet unfroze. What happened? You were just holding... You were holding the bottle, like oh, just shit. posed up. I was like, "God damn, look yeah, at him!" My internet cut out for a good like thirty seconds there. Oh fuck off! Uh, uh, damn yeah, it. it's gonna be a long cleanup. Oh hell yeah, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be even harsher for people who are uh, not who who are not expecting or believing that it's going to get worse. This was also incredibly avoidable. So painfully avoidable. Villain, what part about unprecedented times hat didn't you get? Okay. God, fuck, dude. <laughs> These unprecedented avoidable times. <laughs> These uh, uncertain, highly predictable times. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. Oh, fuck. And that's coming from someone who has to help pull together those emails and those that, that, that language. It's painful. All right, before we uh, sign off, mm-hmm. Brian, I don't know if we're getting ready to do that, but I told Frank I'd slip a joke in here. So You uh, motherfucker. I'm not not you. I'm not motherfuckering you. I'm motherfuckering Frank. Oh, right, and also, okay. as we hey, sign off, I need to, I need right, to hit I, something. I'm just not tricky enough to, you know, do the whole... I, I don't even know how I'd walk you into this one. Uh, the joke is, <laughs> the Dalai Lama walks into a pizza shop and asks, can you make me one with everything? God damn it. <laughs> Ah, fuck! Even when he's not here, he annoys the shit out of me. Stupid ass jokes from the couch. From the couch, <laughs> headshot, and he's fucking just—I'm sure he's just laughing it up. Yeah, I hope he's fucking icing down his hamstring or something. And he's like, he's got—he's <laughs> got a live feed straight into into the recording. That's the second Derek that's on here right now. It's actually Frank. It's actually yeah. Um, Derek doesn't have any problems with his headphone jack on his computer at all. It's just Frank <laughs> needing to sign in. I knew it, motherfuckers. Now, um, Frank wanted me to tell y'all about um, something that I I saw early on in these uncertain times, and then John Oliver uh, presented this week on last week tonight. Uh, marble racing. Are you guys are you guys familiar with the marble races that they broadcast on the internet? No. Well, y'all are in for a treat. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Pretty interesting. Um, they have like uh, a full on like teams, like racing teams of of marbles that are all light colors, like designs. They have different team names, and they just basically uh, line the marbles up and uh, let them roll down a track. And the track's got obstacles and shit that they can go through. I mean, this 
this sport is fucking intense. So if you're not, it sounds into like Plinko. Yeah, Derek, it's actually fucking exactly Plinko. <laughs> it's just Plinko without fucking a prize at the end, honestly. Uh, but there's an entire YouTube channel dedicated to it. And it's this dude in some Scandinavian country. I'm going to be uh, generically racist to all people who live up there in Europe. Um, anyway, I uh, puts on these like elaborate productions and like has podium events and shit and keeps score for teams. It's a whole thing. It's a whole ass thing that is actually kind of interesting to watch. I'm not going to lie. Very fun. I'll send a link in our, uh, in our thread. So you're telling me there's somebody that makes their money, their money doing that. I don't want to say makes money because it's. I feel like that's a. Uh, that's that's uh, it puts a lot of ownership on abilities to make. I don't fucking know. I'm gonna be honest. With you, I have no idea if they make money. They they were going to sh- 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 shut down the league until John Oliver stepped in and sponsored them this year, uh, and like it was kind of cool. He ends up donating a bunch of money to the food banks. Uh, that this. This, these people like want to send money to and it's no small sum either if you follow last week tonight I mean John Oliver throws some fucking money around to some people I mean he he fucking bought uh, who's that Australian actor uh, who was Gladiator is that fucking dude's name Kurt Russell no Russell Crowe Russell Crowe <laughs> Kurt Russell <laughs> definitely not it Russell Crowe is though uh, he bought Russell Crowe's jockstrap when he played uh, in that one boxing movie. Anyway, he bought the bo- jockstrap for a fucking untold amount of money uh, and then auctioned it off again to like save the last blockbuster in Alaska or some shit. Anyway, he also uh, put a giant fucking train in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Like <laughs> a giant, like, uh, or maybe he bought the fucking Scranton train set or built a Scranton place at train set and then sent it to them. I don't know. He did a whole fucking, his shit that he does is big. He doesn't do pansy ass like, yeah, I donated $50 and we're all fine. No. He's like, I donated like $25,000 to uh, help this charity that had $5,000 donated to it or some shit. Anyway, it's a whole thing. You should go check it out. Marble Racing League. Uh, that was Frank's contribution to this whole con- conversation. Uh, <laughs> and I wish I would have said that before you hit me with Frank's dad joke because I feel like, I feel like I've been used. Honestly, I feel like a, a cheap trick tonight. <laughs> Derek, he didn't set you up with some bullshit to slide into this podcast, did he? No. Okay. That'd be great. Make sure his, his like, brotherly love. His Derek sign off tonight is gonna be like, and one last shout out to the uh, the Tongan princess who had a Twinkie served at her wedding, and all of them were expired, and everyone. Had some massive disease. All right, talk to you later, Derek from South South South, East Hampton. And he signs off. You know how you know how Frank is want to do with his sign off. <laughs> as is want to have. As is Frank to want to do. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Smooth. Uh, okay, one last question for y'all, and then uh, we'll wrap. Uh, are either of you doing anything fun and exciting for Memorial Day? The "Quote unquote kick off to summer, and if so, does it involve drinking? We're having a hashtag COVID cookout. You gotta hashtag it correctly. Hashtag yeah, 
It's a big old pool party, you know, we're going to get... No. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> we're going to see how many people we can fit inside a swimming pool. <laughs> it's going to be great. Preferably the ones with the fever will go in the swimming pool and hopefully... No, what you got to do is put them... This evil. <laughs> you got to put them in the hot tub. That's how you break the fever. Oh, God. Uh, no, we, we're just... Doing the COVID thing, I guess. I don't know. Just pro- safely distancing while celebrating inside. <laughs> but choosing very careful to spend very carefully to spend our, our time with select individuals in a very in, like careful manner, I guess. Okay, fair. It's like going to see my wife's family, but making sure you're like washing your hands a lot, not standing very close to anybody. Like, oh yeah not sharing any kind of cutlery or anything like that. <laughs> Licking a spoon, like, oh, taste this. It's pretty good. Sure, right here. My drink, you know, and yeah. all that. Like, um, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's that's smart. It's still within family. Trying to make it, like, at least bearable. Yeah. But Jared? it's that, even even that crowd, it's like eight people or something, like that, you know. Something yeah. Well, so. I, I'm in California, so... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, I'm going to maybe look out my window for a little bit, see what's going on out there. Population. population. Yeah, it's still locked down. Yeah, I was going to say, population density out there is a little different than in Tulsa. Yeah. Now, in Tulsa, it's a hoax, didn't you hear? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, I had a conversation with my father this week. I did hear. I I did. I, I did. Anyway. Anywhere that's not been hit very hard, it's a fucking hoax, I swear. I can I can tell you it isn't anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah. News I'm news it. alert. <laughs> it's not. Uh are y'all drink are you Derek, are you are you uh are you gonna hashtag treat yourself to anything uh, fun and exciting on a on a holiday weekend? Uh I might try to find Sierra Nevada's uh Imperial Hazy IPA. That's a nice one. Oh, okay. All right. That's some motivation. I might have to see if Total Wine can hook me up on their online orders. Slightly addicted. Fantastic beer, so. I mean, Sierra Nevada. They fucking... Opposite of Deep Ellum Brewing, Sierra Nevada. I've never had a beer that I did not enjoy from Sierra Nevada. Except for Pale Ale, which caused me to fail the Certified Cicerone exam once. Anyway, let's say... I'm not mad about it. I'm not holding a grudge, Pale Ale. I'm not. Um, going over to, uh, hopefully, um, weather permitting, and enjoy my in-laws' brand new pool they had put in their backyard <laughs> while they sit up on the patio and watch us lounge in their pool. <laughs> Which is going to be sick. We're going to take turns uh, cooking on the grill. Uh, can't wait for that. Um and then uh, I plan on killing a 12-pack of Smirnoff Red, White, and Berry Seltzer because that's the kind of man I am. Honestly, of all the seltzers that I've tasted, this one was the best when they, like, before they started running, rolling out production. This was fucking phenomenal. It's only 90 calories, zero sugar, and 4.5% alcohol. I'm like, well, pretty sure Smirnoff just dumped some vodka and some artificial flavoring <laughs> And then carbonated it and called it done, which I think is what everyone else should be doing anyway. <laughs> yeah, isn't that how that's made? <laughs> I think that's how they made it. 
I can tell you that's not how Truly makes it. They like measure out the exact teaspoons of sugar and the exact grains of dry yeast to throw into a vat. And they're like, that will be 4.2% alcohol. Now we can back sweeten it this way. But Smirnoff, you know how they do. What are you doing? Are you doing the math? Oh, no. I was just, just, <laughs> just thinking yeast needs more than sugar to live. Right? It needs amino acids. Derek, don't try to do fucking science right now. I'm goddamn <laughs> breaking down how Truly's made. Sugar, water, magic. Boom. Done. I'm sure there's other shit they mix in. They sprinkle in a little paprika for seasoning. They do some fresh cracked pepper. Just a touch of a kosher salt. Kosher. Coarse. Kosher salt. Okay. Make sure we get that good sear on this seltzer. That's how you get the flavor in it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I fucking don't know. That craft seltzers that I've had have been really fucking great, but none of them stack up to honestly fucking smearing off and press. Those two are fucking great. I, I feel well, bad. I don't really know that craft like seltzer was supposed to be a craft thing ever. Like, oh, it wasn't, but a lot of craft breweries decided to start making it because they had the means to. It's really fucking cheap to do, uh, and they could make it. They they they've a lot. At least the ones that I've tasted have taken time to make sure they taste good. Yeah. With with the exception of Wild Basin by Oscar Blues, and that one tasted like shit. But y'all can see that on my seltzer review video over on Instagram at No Beer Left Cast or on our YouTube page. Nobody left behind. And on that note, uh, Derek, I want you to pick a number between one and six. Seven. No, okay. five. Five? Yeah. Okay, well, it's not going to be timely, but we'll, we'll start it this way. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight and every night on nobody left behind or actually i say night whenever the fuck you listen to this you've enjoyed it i know you have and because you've enjoyed it uh, we ask you that uh maybe you go take some time go rate us over on apple podcasts or allegedly on stitcher i've still not yet to figure i can't figure out how to rate shit on stitcher but give us a rating make sure you subscribe to us tell a friend about us and the good work that we're doing to promote all things craft except for deep element 903 and <laughs> just you know just overall being good beer stewards of all things good beer okay uh check us out over on social media pages at no beer left cast on twitter and instagram at nblb beer on twitter for them good beer tweets and uh until next time for brian here in dallas i'm out brian i just want to say it is through our failures that we often learn the most so you know don't, don't go knocking on like a deep bellum because we need those in order to identify to bad beer. beer. What'd yeah. you say? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, basically what you said. <laughs> uh, for Villain and Tulsa, on to you, Derek. <laughs> Derek from California, deuces. <laughs> Shake that back, punk!